It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills, the mic, along with Joe Medor, as we've got you right here for the Sports Fan on this 14th day of October, 606 on the clock and 70 degrees and mostly sunny outside here in Southeast Ohio. The Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. And Joey, we get closer and closer to Bobcats as they resume on the 4th. You know, it's uh, been a little bit rough in college football right now with all the words and you know, the stories that are coming out, but the encouraging thing is, you know, the Bobcats are coming back, and, you know, by that one Frank Solis press conference, you know, he said that they've been doing the right thing. They haven't had any positive tests thus far, which is always good, and uh, it's more to say than what, uh, you know, other other schools across the nation are, are dealing with right now. Yeah, obviously, you look at the situation going on in the SEC, and, of course, I guess we can get into what's going on there later. We kind of alluded to it yesterday but it seems like it's starting to take a turn for the worse down in the southeast conference but yeah, it was good to hear from coach solich talk about the the protocols he take it very seriously of course i mean you know being as old as he is he's probably in the category of uh you know someone who's at higher risk if they're uh if they catch the virus off so he has to take it very seriously himself and i'm sure that helps pass that along down to his team who uh also if they want to be able to play football in the fall are going to have to take this virus very seriously but uh no, it was good insight he gave, and, you know, I remember we talked to Coach Albin uh, probably over a month ago now that, uh, you know, talking about the quarterback situation that they're going to have at Ohio University this year. And, uh, you know, I think we all just kind of, due to our, our, our bias in the past, you know, since he's been the leader of the offense the past few years at Ohio, we just assumed that Curtis would, would uh, be the predecessor of his, uh, of his brother Nathan and take over the uh, the offense, but... Seemed like from that article that that I read, of course a couple came out. I saw the Post had one, the uh, the Athens Messenger also had another one. Both very uh, similar in what they were what they were inciting about. But uh, it seems like the quarterback race is a little bit close. And now Coach Albin was very, uh, of course he's the OC, was very uh, excited about the talent that they were going to have in the in the offensive room this year, especially at the quarterback position with it being so young. And uh, it seems like we got a real competition. It sounds like uh, Armani Rogers, uh, of course he's a grad transfer from UNLV has came in and performed really well and has really made it tough to single out a starting quarterback. I mean, coach is quoted as saying, you know, they're not even sure it could take the f- into the season to figure out uh, who's going to end up taking the range of the offense moving forward. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see if we see something. I know in the, in the past we saw Nathan Rourke and, uh, and uh, Quinn Maxwell split time at quarterback uh, a few seasons ago, so it would be interesting to see if that's also on the dock. And then also you have C.J. Harris, who's the youngest of the bunch, and, of course, due to coronavirus, he got in a little bit late. But, you know, they say at times he looks like he could be a guy that's also fighting for some reps at the quarterback position. So some healthy competition going on there, and it should only bring out the best in the guys, all three of them battling for that spot. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, on November 4th, who's, who's uh, leading the way under center. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm always interested to see, you know, this team in the preseason was picked as the top, right? You thought coming into this year and a bunch of coaches across the Mid-American Conference thought that the Bobcats could be you know, the, the best team. Now, over the past couple of years, 
you know, one thing would go or two things would go against Ohio and, you know, they'd find themselves in second or in third place and not, you know, finding themselves with a trip to Detroit. However, you know, it's encouraging to, to see that other coaches think that we have that potential or that the Bobcats have that potential to go all the way up and go and, and make that Mid-American Conference uh, championship happen. Uh, but the big question mark coming into the season is who is the quarterback? Yeah. You thought maybe it could be Curtis Rourke. Maybe it could be C.J. Harris, who, and you, like you said, is the youngest. Or, right. I mean, the oldest, the redshirt senior in Armani Rogers. Right. And if you're looking for somebody with a little bit of experience, I, I think maybe Rogers gets gets the nod over Rourke. But you don't know. I mean, until you see game one, until we hear something or a quarterback is named or even the depth chart is released, uh, we're not going to know who the Bobcats are really sending out there. Yeah, and of course, you know, Curtis being here last year, uh, graduating early and being able to, uh, you know, get that season, obviously not playing at all, but getting, you know, reps in the offense under his belt, underneath his brother and uh, the other quarterbacks they had at the time is, is big because you come into this offseason, you know the stuff more than anybody else. Of course, there's no scheme changes that are going to happen. It's the same coaching staff and whatnot. And that's another topic we can get into uh, that they also talked about uh, at uh, Solich really highlighted on why he wanted to stay. But, um, you know, so that's big for him. Of course, with Rodgers, guy's been there, done that. You know, grad transfer, uh, his last chance to really make some noise in his college career. And it seems like he's stepped in and have really uh, impressed uh, the coaches with uh, what he's been able to do so far. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a tough call. I mean, you know, according to Solich, you know, Curtis is, you know, the, the pure passer out of the group. He's got a great arm. He's an excellent thrower. And uh, he can really move around in the pocket. But compared to Rodgers, he's inexperienced, right? I mean, that's a guy who's been in a college system for three, four-plus years now and, uh, again, trying to step in and, you know, make a name for himself in, in his last collegiate season as a, as a grad transfer. And, of course, we also know that, uh, you know, it's in this offense, you've got to be able to be mobile, right? And that's something that Nathan was so good at. He was able to escape the pocket. They would like to run that read option. And if Rourke could get out on the edge, I mean, we saw him bust, you know, 30, 40-yard touchdown runs. And uh, that was very impressive. And Rodgers seems like the guy who is the athlete out of, out of the quarterback room. I mean, so was quoted that he a, has a great ability as a runner. He's a good passer right now and seems to be, you know, getting better as the time goes on. So, you know, based on this article, I think you have to take, you know, C.J. Harris is going to have to probably be the backup to those two guys this year, uh, him being the youngest, the least experienced uh, in a COVID-19 season where they didn't get the entire spring and summer practices that they could have had. But uh, it seems like it's going to be a real competition to – figure out who who is going to be taking the snaps between Rourke and uh, and Rodgers. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that all pans out. It's, uh, as I said, you know, it seems like they're not even opposed to trying both guys out in perhaps the first or second weeks of the season. No, and I say why not, you know. I mean, give yourself the best chance, and I think that's what Solich and the offensive you know, crew will do, is, you know, give yourself the best chance to go out there and, and, uh, and win. You know, it was... A nice run. It was a, a very great run that that uh, Nathan Rourke had, and you know you're looking to build upon that and maybe you know open up the passing attack. You know he could scramble, he can get out. He did a lot with his legs, uh, but he didn't have the strongest of arms. You know, but he still. I mean, he was a, a fantastic quarterback, one of the best. I mean, Telton is probably still the best quarterback uh, in Ohio history. But you know, Nathan is a close second. Where you know, he is near the top. He is in the top three quarterbacks you know, in, in Ohio history. And it's the, you know, new system for either one of these quarterbacks. If you go by the system, then you're going to go with, uh, you know, Curtis Rourke because he's been here at least a year like we've been saying. If you go with 
you know, somebody who has experience, you know, in college, somebody who you know has a bunch of years on a couple other guys, then you might go with Amani Rogers. Um, but if you go for somebody new, a young freshman, maybe it's C.J. Harris. Uh, but I, I think the way that we heard Tim Albin talk about you know, all three of these quarterbacks very early on in, in the sports band a couple, I guess it was a month ago, um, you know, he's been impressed by all three. And, yeah, I, I would be confident throwing either three out there and seeing what they could do for Solich and, and Albin and, and the, uh, the coaching staff. Yeah, and again, it's an offense where you're going to have to have a mobile athletic quarterback if you want to continue to keep up the read option. Just from just from what I'm reading and trying to gauge about the, the three guys here, it seems that Curtis is not you know quite the athlete that uh, that his brother was, you know, because Nathan could run it with the best of them, especially in the MAC. He's probably one of the most athletic quarterbacks that they had in the conference there. But uh, it seems like Curtis is more of a uh, a more pure pocket kind of guy. Uh, when, not saying that he can't move, doesn't have any kind of speed, but he's more you know sit back, deliver the ball from the pocket. Whereas as a guy with Armani Rogers, potentially could fit the mold more of uh, the type of quarterback that Solich and Alvin are looking for, due to the fact that uh, he can run the read option game. They're very confident in his ability to to run with the football and also. As a passer, hit the throws when they come open. That's something that Nathan was really good at. He was very accurate, although he wasn't the best at throwing the deep ball at times. He was uh, pretty good in the intermediate and short game, so that was uh, that was always good to see. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's going to come down to those two. It seems like, you know, Harris also has things that he does extremely well, but he's got time to develop, right? So it's going to be going to be interesting to see how they are, are going to play this thing out, especially in a, in a season like this. You know, do, do you... It's tough with a grad transfer, right? Because you know he could potentially be done after after this season, uh, depending right. on his eligibility. So you know, do you want to just put that guy out there, try to showcase him as much as possible? Do you try to, get, you know, in a season like this, it's only six games, you just try to figure out what you got for the for the upcoming seasons. Uh, you know, it's it all depends, it's a lot to weigh in. Yeah, and it all depends on who puts you in the best position to go out and win each and every football game, and that's going to be important this year because you only have six of them. So you got to go out there and win. Hopefully in all all six of your games, but uh, you know, who is going to win? Who's going to give you the best chance to win? Uh, in in this weird year, maybe it is Armani Rogers. Maybe the the six week season helps. You know, somebody like Armani Rogers take the reins for this year and hands it over to Curtis Rourke or uh, uh, CJ Harris uh, next next year. You know, those two a redshirt freshman for Curtis Rourke, uh, a true freshman in Harris. Um, so do you, do you give it over to them, or do you, do you go with the uh, you know, the older older guy in the quarterback room? Either way, you know it, it should come down to, and I think it will come down to, who gives you the best opportunity to go out there and win. And you know, I can't sit here and say that it's either one of those quarterbacks because we haven't seen them yet. I mean, it, it we haven't nothing's been open to the public. I haven't heard anything one which way or the other. Uh, but again, you know, they were confident in any quarterback in that quarterback room. Uh, Tim Albin was excited about either uh, one of those three candidates when deciding who, who to take over for you know the talented uh, Nathan Rourke. Um, and he was a leader on the team, too, which is huge. You know, he had the talent on the field to go out there and, and win, uh, but he did lead that quarterback room, and I was happy to see him drafted that high in the CFL when he went because he, he was just an overall good guy. Um, but as new team, new year, let's see what these guys can do because hopefully they can go out there and, and uh, you know meet those expectations 
that have been set out for them, uh, not only here in Athens, but across the Mid-American Conference. Yeah, I mean, and say if you're able to do that in your time here, I mean, you gotta, you're going to automatically be talked about as one of the best quarterbacks, right? Because as great as Nathan was, you know, you don't want to say his career was wasn't a failure, but he had one of the most talent. They had one of the most talented teams that they've probably ever had in school history uh, a couple of years ago, and you know they fell short of that MAC championship game because they lost a Miami game that uh, they were picked to win, and just fell short on the road. And then, of course, everybody knows the next week they just completely destroyed a Buffalo team that en- that ended up going to the MAC championship game. And, of course, they ultimately fell to NIU, another team that Ohio lost to that year. But that was another close game that they had a shot to win. I mean, that was a good team. It was my freshman year, sophomore year. They were they were stacked. And then, of course, they destroyed San Diego State in the uh, what was it, the Frisco Bowl that year. Yeah, the uh, the Frisco Bowl. And the year before that was the Bahamas Bowl. Right. Um, and they, they, they didn't lose at home last year, or the, your freshman year, which would have been two years ago. Yeah. Uh, they, they were dominant. That was a fun team. To, and last year's last year was still fun to watch. You know, but you had a little bit of a transition period between you know, defensive coordinators and you, know, you, you had a little lapse on, on defense last year in certain games. They got better as the year went on, you know, as they normally have done. Um, but you know, the, uh, the early season losses did not help them. And, and uh, you know, second year now should have a, uh, you know improved way of doing it. And I think that they can. Right. And to, to the point I was trying to get to, the... Whatever quarterback is able to step in, obviously all of them will be in a situation where they're they're going to be playing in a system or in their first ever college year or something will be new to them. Um, they're going to have a bunch of guys surrounded around them, especially on the offside, the offensive side of the ball when it comes to position guys that have been there before. They know what the expectations are for the team. They've been the same the past couple of years. The past couple of years, they fell short. Those guys are going to be hungry to, to finally go out and prove that this team should be MAC champs here. Uh, I think they have another... Good shot this year. Um, you know, I think they lo- – I mean, the six-game schedule helps them, right? You don't got to play some tough teams on the other side, like, uh, you know, NIU, who's given them some some issues the past couple of years. Western Michigan is a, is a good team that, you know, came in and beat them last year. Uh, and they, they get to avoid them as well. So, you know, you're, you, you get to avoid a couple other teams on the other side, on the other division in the MAC, And, of course, you know, you got your tough ones, Miami, Buffalo. Uh, so – but I think they're going to be set up in a good position here if they can find their guy, you know, because sometimes that the whole two quarterback thing doesn't work out. It uh, just turns out being no, neither one of the guys can get into a rhythm and it can end up costing the offense. But they can figure out a guy. I think they have the weapons around them. I think they're going to be good enough up front to have just as good of an offense as the past couple of years here. And then, you know, the defense has made plays when they had to in the past. They've uh, they've shown up in big situations. You're losing a big one in Hagen, who was a defensive leader the past couple seasons. So that that won't be an easy one to replace. But uh, you know it it's a it, they have an opportunity to go out and do something that hasn't been done in a long time once again, and uh, they should be hungry to do that. Yeah, and I think the big thing that is a, a plus for this offense and a plus for this team is they have a very good running back room. Oh, Sean Allison impressed last year. He's only a redshirt sophomore this year. Demontre Tuggle. A senior, I mean, he would break away and, and tuggle touchdowns everywhere. I mean, he, he did a, a tremendous job and was explosive and, and a fun yeah. back to watch. Yeah, tu- Tuggle's more of your third down type of running back. You can get him involved in the passing game, but is also very good when, when they used him in certain situations on the ground as well. And then uh, you factor in Ross in there too, Julian I, Ross. And, of course, he's a guy, a captain this year, supposed to have a lot of talent, uh, got banged up his first couple seasons. So he's another one that you're hoping will be motivated to be ready to go.
but it's definitely a talented backfield. You know, you have now a little bit more experience. Isaiah Cox, wide receiver. Uh, you know, Cam Odom, among others. Shane Hooks. Uh, you, you have this a, a lot of weapons now on the offense. You lost your big key to the cog, which was Nathan Rourke. But now, you know, let's see what these young quarterbacks can do. Or if it's Armani Rodgers, let's see what he can do. Uh, because it should be a, a fun season, even though it's six games. Uh, should still be a fun season as long as they're able to go out there and uh, and have their season. So that's always a, a plus as they come back. And we mentioned yesterday, you know, Olympic sports are coming back uh, anywhere between November and January and March and April. I mean, they, they're sporadically placed uh, for their start dates, but they're uh, they're still out and they're still, uh, you know, they released that schedule. You can find that at the Bobcats website. Should be interested in seeing when those other Olympic sports are. Or just go on to the Anchor FM. We, we talked about it yesterday during the Sports Fan. But uh, we'll take a short break right here on the Sports Fan. On the other side, you know, Bobcats are, are back. Ohio State's coming back. But college football as a whole, it's, it's looking a little bit shaky right now. LSU uh, canceled their game against Florida because of positive cases in Florida and so on and so forth. And the big news, of course, Nick Saban tested positive. The head coach of Alabama. Tested positive for COVID. We'll talk about it on the other side. You're listening to the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. For the best in rock, grunge, metal, and whatever, join Sky. Ah, what a good night. Every Wednesday and Thursday night at 10 till midnight on Power 105 with Full Throttle. Hey, hey guys, I'm loving Full Throttle tonight. I'm rocking, you're rocking, shoot sugar, everybody's rocking tonight. Brought to you by Avalanche Pizza, where every pizza is an adventure. At Siemens Grocery, their customers expect a wholesome, friendly environment when they walk through the door. With Siemens, they mix a little old with a little new. And that's why they stand out from those big box stores. Quality, convenience, and cleanliness is what you'll find when you walk into Siemens Grocery. Eddie's vision still inspires them today. And that's what makes them special. Siemens Grocery on West Union Street, locally owned since 1951. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 10 o'clock p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse over on West Union Street in Athens. Stay on top of the news every hour at the top of the hour with CBS News Radio on Classic Hits 97 at 97.1 FM, WATH. Local teams, local opinions, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Back inside for the Sportsman, right here on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Mills the mic along with Joe Medor and Sportsman presented by J&K Contracting. You know, we, we saw an article out there, and I didn't know if it's, it's factually incorrect. And we've said everything correct so far on the Sportsman today, so you don't got to worry about what we're saying. But what uh, was posted by, you know, again, it's a student publication, and we get it, you know, that 
it happens. Uh, but, you know, it's incorrect to say that Frank is the winningest coach in Ohio history because the stadium, Peden Stadium, the guy it's named after, is the winningest coach, and he has the second highest winning percentage. Uh, I mean, if you're going to qualify it, he has the highest winning percentage in Bobcat history. But Don Peden, who coached in 1924 through 1946, went 121, 46, and 11 during his tenure with the Bobcats. Uh, you know, Frank, right now, from 2005 to present, 113 wins, 81 losses. Uh, you know, he's he's still done a, a tremendous job, and he's you know near the top, and I would even say you know, close to a, a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, he is a Hall of Fame coach here. He's won more bowl games than anybody. Uh, but you know, f- to to call him the, the winningest coach, while he can still go out there and accomplish it in his couple years, uh, you know, he's he's off of the mark right now by 11. He'd still have to get. Uh, well, by eight. He's off by eight right now. So he can't get it this year unless they make the postseason, uh, unless they go out for the Mid-American Conference uh, championship game at 113. Even then, he so, he'd still be short by one. Let's say they go 7-0. Yeah, seven and I, mean, I mean, if they yeah. go 6-0, and oh, then 7-0. Oh, if they won a bowl game, so they went 8-0, oh, they would tie it. Uh, I, I wouldn't assume they're going to have bowl games this year uh, with uh, the, how things are currently going. But, yeah. Right. Yeah, he would not technically be the winningest. Coach. Right, he is the winningest in MAC history. He did get did get that achievement last year. Right, and I'm not going to say you know who posted it, or I'm I'm not going to go and gotcha. But if anybody saw that article, the the correct information is that Don Peden is the all-time winningest coach. It could be even a Hewitt Honda of Athens and Lancaster Football Friday Night Trivia question. Uh, but yeah, I, I gave away that answer, and it might not be a hard you know, question for anybody to answer. I, I had a, a softball. On the post game show, what was that week one, Joey? That uh, I I instructed you to to find what was that the all time touchdown leader for the Bobcats or something with either uh, Tettleton or uh, Nathan Rourke? I forget what the question was week one, but we had a couple giveaways to give away there. Uh, but again, Don Peden, the all time winningest coach in Bobcat history. And as a little uh, side note, I I had a uh, Another tweet sent my way. This one was from Brent McMurphy, who covers college football, and Trevor sent it my way. But you know, it was the current coaches who are the winningest coach at their respective schools. And, Joey, without, you might know, but without looking, can do you know who the top person is right now? What's the question? The current coaches, current active coaches, who are also the winningest coaches in their respective schools. Who's the top one? Yeah, do you know who is who's at the top right now the as an current active coach? Coach who is the winningest coach at their school? Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy is top three, oh. but he is not at the top. Uh, it wouldn't be Saban because Bear Bryant would have, I would assume, would have won more games than Saban has. No, nope, no Alabama coaches okay, on the list. Okay, active. Give me, give me. At at the top, I'll give you the top that was sent. The current current coaches, and again a tweet by Brent McMurphy, Gary Patterson. TCU, 173 wins. That's top. That's the top that in makes TCU sense. history. TCU's never been that good before him. So, Kirk Frentes, Iowa, 162. Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State, 132. Ken Lalo, I, I butchered that name. Navy. I, yeah. I, at least you know the, the coach I was can, can you pronounce that name? Uh, you know, I have lived in Maryland my entire life, and no, I can honestly tell you, I do not know off the top of my head how to pronounce his name. Newman Talolo. That would be my final I guess. would tell you to stop trying. Yeah. 
Uh, but he's got 100 wins. Pence Fitzgerald, Northwestern with 99. David Shaw, Stanford, 86. Randy Edsall, UConn with 80. And Mac Brown, UNC with 78. Uh, and again, these are all active coaches. Only. All active coaches. Yeah. So he, Frank would get on that list once he passes Don Peden, if he is able to pass Don Peden, who sits at 121 currently. Uh, but, I mean, that's that's a really impressive run that Peden had. 121 and 46. I mean, I, it's not a whole lot of people on, on this list in Bobcat history. You got uh, Bill Hess uh, with 108 wins and 91 losses, but the one championship that Ohio does have was under the Hess regime, I believe. And it was... So I got the information in front of me, but I, I believe that Hess was the uh, yeah national championship. Bill Hess back in 1960, uh, selected by the AP and UPI with a perfect 10-0 record and a conference record of six and zero. But they were the uh, NCAA College Division national champion. Um, team outscored its opponents 269 to 34. I mean, there's a lot of history there, but it's that's always a. Uh, Pretty cool. And before the Mid-American Conference, I don't know if you know this one, Buckeye Athletic Association. And that's what uh, Don Peden was in uh, during his tenure. That's right. The Bobcats. Dominating the old BAA. The BAA. Uh, but now, of course, since the BAA, it's always the MAC. And uh, you know, let's, let's see what the, the Bobcats can do in the MAC. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was cool to see. Uh, this is another thing that kind of came out of uh, the pressers in the articles I was reading. The big question was, you know, why Frank came back for and signed an extension. And I think, uh, you know, it was kind of ludicrous to think about because he's been one of the best coaches the school's ever had. But I think some people were, you know, kind of throwing Frank on the uh, on the chopping block there. Once they they, you know, lost another game, they were favored to beat Miami at home, and if they win that game, they more than likely go to the MAC championship game. And of course. Uh, of course, Miami is a team that ended up going and winning winning the conference. Uh, but, you know, his quote was interesting. He said, you know, I've been in this business for 54 years. I wake up every morning and I jump out of bed, get ready to come down to the office. I got things on my mind in terms of the game and coaching on our players and coaches. There's going to be a day when that's all gone. But for right now, I want to help people. So seems like Frank is, uh, you know, ready to continue to coach this team on. And, you know, it seems like he's going to stick around for, you know, at least the next two, three, four seasons, and, you know, he'll see how long he stays at it. I mean, he's he's put this place, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to say on the map, but, you know, the amount of bowl games that he's been to and won, you know, a lot of, you know, the national media gets more attention on Ohio University. They, they're now known who they are when, you know, they go out and play in these games. And so it's good to see that he is still, you know, one of the coach after, after all these years, still has the same love and passion for it. And uh, hopefully he does get that elusive MAC championship. I mean, as we mentioned, he's already become the most winningest coach ever in the conference, and uh, that's kind of be. I think that would be the icing on the cake for uh, for his tenure here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and the one thing that uh, I saw earlier, I don't know if it was an old Facebook post or what have you, but there was a uh, Western Michigan, I guess, commit, or he was thinking about Western Michigan, and then he decided to come and stay home. Here at Ohio, I saw it on Facebook earlier today, but it was a, a talented three-star cornerback or safety. Uh, the Bobcats were able to secure. Yeah, from Columbus, Giovanni Scales. Yep, that's right. At a uh, Marion Franklin High School. So we're still getting the talent there too. Yeah, you know, we're getting the three stars. You know, it, it is a a 
it's a positive, you know. It is something that Bobcats have built up and can be proud of. It, yeah. it's, it's been a fun football team to watch. Have they gotten that title yet? No. But there's still some more time. You still got time to go out there and do it. And that's uh, with the season starting up on November 4th. You know, we're under a month. And all uh, you got, got to set sail for that. Yeah, and I mean, mention them recruiting there, you know. There's so much talent in the state of Ohio across. I mean, it's one of the biggest states, so it makes sense that, you know, there's there's more talented guys. And, uh, you know, you're never in – being in Ohio, the, the, the school that's – that unfortunately how it is, is the school that's always going to get talked about there in the bigger conference or the bigger school, uh, you know, in the city, Columbus, capital of the state, all that, is Ohio State. And, uh, you know, the five stars are always going to go to Ohio State if they're staying, if they're staying home. Uh, most of the four stars are too, but – there's still a lot of guys in the middle of the pack there that are really talented guys and maybe don't get the eyes on them. And it seems like Solich has always done a good job being able to pull those guys to, to stay here because, you know, it's still a big D1 program. You get to play on ESPN most of your games out of the year. You got a good shot at winning a, a conference title. You know, you, you're going to get to play in some, some cool bowl games against some, some Power 5 teams at times. So it's a good opportunity to come down here and play right now. And you, you get to play for one of the, you know, the, the most winningest coach in his conference close to being in in school history you know he's he's done it at a, at a power five school at nebraska so you know it, it's a good guy to come down and play for if you're one of those guys like a three-star that's you know still in ohio and you want to stay in state to to go down and play some good football right and that's what frank built it's been a good football team and it's been a fun team to watch and i'm excited to at least listen to it i don't know if, we'll, if we get a espn at the apartment we're going to get some of these games i don't know who's on tv but I know, don't you I'm, worry. There will be midweek action on on the TV. Oh yeah, or I mean, we're also the flagship station for the Ohio Bobcats on radio. Russ Eisenstein, Rob Cornelius always do a great job. Uh, but looking forward to catching up with Russ, seeing what he's he's been doing over the past couple months. I know he's been off, um, but he's got a lot of football to call coming up. And then you know, I wonder how involved he will be because you've got football, you've got basketball couple of other sports i don't know what the university is going to do they got a lot of sports in a short time frame it'll be tough for them to cover them all uh on to the the big news here across college football earlier today we heard that florida and lsu were canceling their game postponing it and later on today about you know 10 15 minutes before we hit the airwaves for the sports fan uh nick saban and alabama athletic director greg Byrne tested positive for COVID-19, four days before the Southeastern Conference's biggest regular season showdown, both said their test today came back positive, but Saban said he did not have any symptoms by the late afternoon. The second-ranked Crimson Tide is set to face number three Georgia on Saturday and may be without their iconic 68-year-old coach. Saban said he immediately left the football building to isolate at home. Uh, it's disappointing. Uh, it's it's. I don't know if it's disappointing news. But it's definitely disappointing to hear that somebody else has has caught COVID first and foremost. And yeah. uh, you know, in the sports world, when your head coach catches positive, you hope that they recover soon. No matter what your feelings about Alabama are, you know, it's undoubtedly certain that Saban has been one of the, the greatest coaches in college football history. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a funny situation, but the fact that he said by the end of the day I didn't have any symptoms is a bit... Uh, 
Yeah, uh, it's a weird way of phrasing it. Like, it just matters who he went away. He's going to be able to coach on on Saturday. I mean, I wouldn't surprise the game gets canceled. I know early on Florida State, when, when Mike Norvell tested positive, I mean, he had to be away from the team. They still ended up playing. I don't know if that's going to be an option. I, I don't think it says anything about any players that have tested positive. But, you know, of course, there's that, they say the incubation period of when you've been around someone who's been exposed. You have a certain amount of days where you could start showing symptoms or could not or whatever. I mean, they already know they already canceled the LSU-Florida game, uh, which is another SEC game. Uh, we, of course, we heard yesterday about the outbreak going on at Florida. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it just it makes you wonder. Um, you know, they were able to, you know, go out through the first few weeks of the season, and it seemed like nothing really, everything kind of went off just fine. You weren't hearing too many. I mean, you'd hear a couple cases here and there, but now we were starting to see this pop up more and more with uh, – with the more this goes on. Um, so I don't, I don't really know what you do to fix this. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's tough. And of course, if they do end up playing and Saban is now on the sideline against Georgia, yeah, that, that changes a lot. I mean, Saban, obviously the, uh, the key cog to what's been going on there with, with, uh, with Alabama football for, for over a decade now. And they've just been absolutely dominant. And what's also crazy is, you know, Saban's never lost a game to a former assistant. He's undefeated. He added on to that total last week when they beat Lane Kiffin. And Kirby Smart, of course, is one of those guys that have never been able to beat Saban. And you wonder just uh, if that, how much that changes if they're able to play. I mean, I haven't heard Georgia has had any, any kind of cases. And as a, they're only reporting Saban and their athletic director having them. So I don't know if anybody on the team does. And if they'll still play that game, we'll have to see. But uh, that could, uh, could change a lot of things if Saban's not able to be on the sideline. Right, and, and the positive there is it, it seems like at this moment it's just the head coach, Nick Saban, and the athletic director. However, you know, that's not the case when it came to you know, Florida and the LSU game. And Florida Gators, you know, 29 players have been sidelined, 19 who tested positive, and another 10 who face mandatory quarantines based upon being exposed. And the athletic reported on it earlier today and said that most of the players – who did test positive or who are impacted the most are on scholarship. So these are not your walk-on guys. These are not your guys that you throw in there at practice, your third stringers, whatever. These are guys who impact the game for Florida. And you know, while as of this moment with the information we have with Nick Saban, it's just Saban who doesn't appear to have any symptoms and their athletic director, who they didn't go too far in depth uh, on his case. But when it comes to Florida, you got 29 players that, that have been impacted and with the majority of them being impact players. And that's not a good scene. That's not a, an ideal situation. I mean, we know Rutgers earlier on this year had to deal with, you know, the coronavirus pandemic. And I think Clemson had a little bit of a spell before their college season got going. Uh, but to have it going on during the season, to have it not, you know, wrangled in at the collegiate level yet, it is definitely disappointing and not, again, not, not what you wanted to do. It's, it's, it's not good what, what's going on with Florida right now, to say the least. And uh, it's not isolated, right, because Conference USA have also pushed back uh, their football title game two weeks because you know, a couple of their opponents have been postponed in the last two weeks. Uh, the games including Rice, which was scheduled to play the season opener on the 24th, uh, you, you got teams who are postponing games. You have to be flexible with the schedule. And if you have the flexibility to move a couple games in the schedule, that's ideal. 
but it's not obviously ideal to deal with it to begin with. Yeah, right, exactly. And uh, as you said, it's becoming it's becoming more and more common with uh, the with with more conferences. Uh, before we just kind of seen isolated cases, you know, Baylor popped up or, you know, some other school. It was just one school. It wasn't uh, multiple teams and, you know, conference having to rearrange things. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, I just don't know what you do. <laughs> um, I don't know what teams are currently doing to, to keep, I don't know, protocols need to be changed. I don't know if the NCAA needs to release the whole thing themselves that I feel like there's letting kind of the schools handle this situation in-house, which, I don't know if that's the best choice if you're trying to get a season to, to play out. Um, and maybe they need to step in and create their own guidelines for teams to follow. Uh, maybe coaches need to be tougher on their kids. But we, I mean, but we, we don't know. We don't know what's, what's going on. Right. And if you got a suggestion, whatever you think should happen, phone lines are open at 740-592-6646. Again, 740-592-6646. Or toll free at one 592 six because it, it, there's a lot of options out there um maybe not a bunch of good ones but I, there, there's definitely a lot of things that people could be doing better uh you know obviously you don't want big crowds but you know, i don't know what's going on behind the scenes what's causing the the outbreak with college football right now but obviously whatever they're doing now does not cut it for where they need to be and those games just Keep on getting postponed. You know, maybe the national championship game gets postponed back. You know, what happens when, you know, you, you got Alabama and Clemson and, you know, one team catches the coronavirus? Do you postpone the the uh, national championship game if it comes that far? Do you go, uh, how, how far are you able to, to be flexible with the schedule? I don't know. But whatever they have to do. They got to do it quick because you know, things are heating up right now when things should be cooling down. And it, it's getting to the exciting part of the season anyway because we've got you know, MLB that's going on right now in the postseason. They seem to be doing all right in the postseason. You got the NBA who completed their postseason. It's just you, know, you, you got to figure it out, follow a template. Teams have done it successfully. Now it's time for college football to figure out how to do it successfully. We'll take a short break right here on the Sports Fan. On the other side, we'll break down a little bit more. Of course, we got a couple great games coming up this weekend over on our sister station, WXTQ Power 105, with Trimble and Nelsonville, York. It's the second round of the OHSAA playoffs, and playoff baseball is still going on as well. Plus your calls at 740-592-6646. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Any day of the week, the Red Brick Tavern has a special for you. 50-cent domestic draft pints on Monday, $2 margaritas on Tuesday. Stop by Wednesdays for $2.50 Jack Daniels and Thursdays for $2 draft mega mugs. Red Brick has $2 White Claw Fridays and $1 Well Run. On Saturdays, Sunday Brick Break happy hours from open all the way to nine. Follow Red Brick Athens on Twitter and Facebook for the most up-to-date information. The Red Brick Tavern, your hometown bar for the Cincinnati Bengals. Great drinks, great wings, great prices, great time. Cowboy. Oh, 
for the best in rock, grunge, metal, and whatever, join Sky. Oh, what a good night. Every Wednesday and Thursday night at 10 till midnight on Power 105 with Full Throttle. Hey, hey, guys, I'm loving Full Throttle tonight. I'm rocking, you're rocking, shoot, sugar, everybody's rocking tonight. Brought to you by Avalanche Pizza, where every pizza is an adventure. Hi, folks. Bruce Reitenauer with Reitenauer Auto Group. Fall is one of the most beautiful times of the year. So make certain you have a dependable vehicle to enjoy all those fall colors. Lace up those boots and visit Reidenauer Auto Group in New Lexington. Our sales team will do a fabulous job of finding the best car for your needs. We have Buku vehicles in our inventory. At Reidenauer Auto Group, you'll find new vehicles from Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ramp, and a great selection of used vehicles. We can match anyone's price on new vehicles, experience a hassle-free environment while working with our friendly staff. Our sales team will work to find the vehicle you want, and our finance department will work to get you a great deal. Call for your VIP appointment today. Visit us this weekend in New Lex, or see all the cars at RideNowerAuto.com. This is Bruce Ridenauer with Ridenauer Auto Group. We want you to ride in our cars. We need Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 10 o'clock p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse over on West Union Street in Athens. I'm Brad Keselowski, driver of the number two discount tire Ford Mustang. Have you ever been in a hurry to get somewhere? When ding, your tire pressure light comes on? Properly inflated tires are essential to the health of your car and can help keep you driving safely. Check your tire pressures every month, especially before long road trips, or stop by your neighborhood tire retailer for help. A message from the U.S. Tire Manufacturers Association. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You are listening to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sports Fan on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. There's Mike with Joe Medour up until 7 o'clock. And then CBS News at the top of the hour follows, of course, the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting. And... Yeah, as we're on the air right now, and as you know, Game 3 of the MLB postseason's going on, a historic inning for the Los Angeles Dodgers as they score the most runs in a singular inning in the postseason ever. They had 11 runs in the first inning. They, they got tired of playing around with the Braves. Yeah, they might just call this one off, play Game 4, because uh, <laughs> this one's over. When, how do you, you got to get to the mercy rule, right? I know in MLB you don't have a mercy rule. But yeah, this is, I mean... If this was the Little Leagues, right, or if this was any other yeah, lesser... Oh, you'd be on pace for a run rule, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah it's uh, 15 after 3, 10 I mean, after 5. I mean, good luck uh, managing the pitching staff. The rest of the... For, I mean, you got to get through eight innings now, probably with all hands on deck. But at the same time, you're going to have to have guys ready for the next... You know, they got to win at least two more after this one. So you got to have guys ready for that, too. You better... Whoever's starting game four better give you a... Uh, Better give you some uh, some some quality innings there, because 
I imagine the bullpen's going to be a little light that day. But, my God, at 11 runs. 11. The first guy gave up seven, Kyle Wright. Got two <laughs> outs, five hits. And, you know, you take him out, bring in the next guy, you figure out. Hey, he, he may give up one or two more, uh, but he can get one out. No, he gave up four more before yeah. he get it out. That's, was, t- that's a tough day at the office. I've been surprised because I thought the Dodgers would have it, – it's been a good series. Dodgers uh, trail the series to Atlanta, two to nothing right now. The Braves won the first two games. Two good games, by the way. Two good games. Yeah, those are two good close games. The Braves do have a good team, a good young team. It is a one seed against the two seed. Dodgers being the one, Braves being the two, and I expected a close series. But I, I thought the Dodgers were head and toes better than everybody else in the MLB this year. Uh, as did, I mean, you thought that. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay was pretty good, and they've been handling Houston. And so they're far. up 3-0 right now. 3-0. Uh, we can pull the sound bite. I said it. it I, I told yeah. everybody how good the Rays were. I still have the paper back in, in the uh, production studio. <laughs> we, we got our earlier season picks. A couple of them, of course, changed around. But, uh, you know, that, that's what's going on in the MLB right now. An 11 to nothing lead for the Dodgers over the Atlanta Braves. Again, Tampa Bay leads Houston in their series as Game Four starts at 8:40 tonight. Uh, Tampa Bay again leading three to nothing. But yeah, I mean, as I said, might as well just start looking towards uh, the next game. They did that last year too in the in the NLDS. It wasn't 11, but they gave. Uh, do you remember that game? They gave like eight. To, it was Game Five, and they're playing the Cardinals. They have eight runs in the first inning, and it's like, well, I guess we knew who won this series. Yep. Yep. And the Cardinals got bounced by San Diego this year. They lost that series two to one in the uh, NL Wild Card series. Yeah, I'm looking forward to. We got a glimpse of it this year. I'm looking forward to you know kind of a kind of an interstate rivalry forming these next few years. Same division as well between the the Dodgers and Padres. I think uh, obviously the Dodgers are who they are, but the the Padres showed that they're a young, really talented team. Uh, of course, you know they ran into kind of a buzzsaw there when it comes to the Dodgers, but they're going to be around for the for the next for the next few years here. Yeah, I think so. Um, also going on, of course, yesterday, I wasn't shocked by it. I wasn't really, I had no emotion to it because he didn't really do anything for the Jets all of his entire Jets career. But, of course, uh, running back Le'Veon Bell had been released by the team. There were a couple of reports that Bell was going to be traded to someone. Nobody bid on it. And then... Why trade if he's just going to become an unrestricted free agent anyway? Right. You know, and and he is an unrestricted free agent right now. I don't know where he's going to go. But Le'Veon Bell back on the free agent market. And there are a couple teams that could use a pretty talented running back. And he just was not used to any of his potential with no. the Jets. I have no idea what Adam Gase is doing. Yeah, one. I mean. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean. He never rushed for 100 yards with the Jets, never never really was anywhere close to the player he was in Pittsburgh. Um, I think it's kind of on him. He kind of bit the hand that fed him. Uh, Pittsburgh wasn't going to show out the kind of money he wanted. Uh, he ended up not making as much money with the Jets as he would have anyway with Pittsburgh. So, you know, that, that, that was already off to a bad start. So at that point, you got a ball out for the Jets to show everybody you didn't make a stupid decision, but he didn't. As I just mentioned, never rushed for 100 yards, never was near as effective in the run or pass game because, I mean, when he was in Pittsburgh, he was a threat as being one of the top receivers in the NFL as as well as rushers. So, you know, 
I understand the Jets' move. It's kind of just eat it and move on. I mean, as soon as Gase got there, he started complaining about how he never wanted him and all these other things. I don't know why you would never want one of the top five running backs in the game at the time. I'm sure. I don't know. Gay, I, it's, it's the Jets. I mean, Gase is the wor- uh, just one of the worst NFL coaches. I mean, he's lucky he coached Peyton Manning a couple years because that guy would have never sniffed. Not, I mean, th- th- not only one, but two head coaching jobs in the NFL. Um, yeah, the Jets are, are a dumpster fire. Uh, so it's probably a blessing in disguise for Le'Veon, really. Uh, well, you would think someone is going to take a flyer on him cause, just because of the, the, the talent that he once had in a much more talented offense with Pittsburgh when he had Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown and Martavius Bryant and really good O-line. So, you know, you would think someone who's got a banged-up running back uh, might think about, you know, making a move on him just to try to see what he can do. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think he might not reach the peak that he was at when in his best years at Pittsburgh, but I still think there's a lot for Le'Veon Bell to do in the NFL. He's still in his 20s, which is, you know, still young for a running back. He's right. still got a few good years left in him, but... It's not like we're talking about David Johnson here, who was a pretty good running back, but now he's got a little bit older. Somehow Frank Gore is the starting. That that, that just makes no sense to me. Mm. You're going to use Frank Gore, who's well into his 30s. And My favorite explosive. thing was they were trying to throw like a wheel route to him one of the games. It's like, I, how do you have <laughs> Le'Veon Bell and Frank Gore on the same team? And, choose and Gore you decide that Frank Gore is the one to throw a pass to down the field. <laughs> First of all, when Frank Gore was young, he wasn't that guy. He was always a, just a hard nose in between the tackles runner, run guys over. He was never in uh, like the mold of running backs you see today, like McCaffrey's and Le'Veon Bell's and Saquon Barkley's guys who are going to catch passes, make plays in the passing game. He was never that guy, even when he was younger. So, yeah. Someone in the Jets organization, I mean, the fact that people are calling this guy an offensive guru and all this other stuff, oh, my. Uh, Quarterback whisperer. Yeah, that's That's what what he is. is. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, he's not. Now, Sam Darnold has never had the talent around him. Like, there's some talent around Joe Burrow here, but there's there's no talent around Sam Darnold's with the Jets. I mean, Jamison Crowder's a pretty good receiver, but again. All right, one guy. Right, yeah. Who's the tight ends? As a Jet fan, I don't even know. Chris Herndon? Who's he? I don't know him. Who's I don't I I knew Robbie Anderson, who was a pretty good writer. They let him go last year. Gone. Gone in the free agent market. He didn't even get a trade for the guy. He's been your most consistent deep threat. He was a, a pretty good target for Sam Darnold. Yeah, now there's nothing. They couldn't even get someone to bite on a draft pick for Le'Veon Bell. No. Nothing. And listen, good for Bell. He got out of the headache. Yeah, honestly. Probably you a know? blessing in disguise for him. He's, you know, I don't know when, how soon someone will be privy to sign him. But, uh, you know, I, w- I would have to think someone is going to take a shot on Le'Veon Bell just because of what he has been in the past. And, I mean, if you got to look at the situation, he put himself in it. But his situation with the Jets uh, left a lot to be desired, to say the least. I mean, as soon as he got there, he had a, the, the newly hired head coach telling him he didn't want him. So, uh, yeah. They the they got the running back before they got the head coach, and on top of that, the uh, the talented what was he the safety from Jamal LSU Adams. Jamal Adams yeah Jamal Adams was huge in recruiting him to the Jets and then Jamal Adams left last year he basically demanded a trade and he went out to Seattle 
Seattle's a way better franchise right now. Yeah, you don't say. It's, it's just unbelievable. The star Jets can't get out of their own way. Well, it's just funny but now. Um, if the Jets are tanking or whatever, I guess that means they're done with Darnold. They're going to draft Trevor Lawrence, or are you just going to draft the best available player? No, you, you give them too much credit. Tanking? They're just bad. Well, they're going to get, gonna I'm tank. telling you, they're going to get the first overall pick. What are they going to do with it? You can say that they are tanking. You can say whatever. They're just a bad football program right now. And I, I understand. Yeah, I'd, I'd have more confidence in, in Cincinnati than I do in, in the Jets. Well, that's not a fair comparison. The Jets are a, a <laughs> JV team. At this current moment, yeah. They, they got nothing. But with the number one overall pick, I trade it. <laughs> because I know that they can't get the right pick anyway. <laughs> they, they're more than just one player away. Uh, I mean, no kidding, but... Go trade it for a bunch of picks. I mean, poor Sam Stock Darnold. up on someone. I mean, Sam Darnold, uh, you know, one of the highly touted quarterbacks coming out of USC. Now he's been stuck here with the with the quarterback whisperies, seeing ghosts. He's getting mono, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, uh, he needs uh, something else here. I, yeah, Sam Darnold in a bad position. Joe Burrow's in a good position. Even Baker Mayfield up in Cleveland is in a good position. Yeah, it seems like they've turned their program around, but, you know, I was – I can't say I was shocked, but that news did come across yesterday. Le'Veon Bell, that's a free agent right now after signing with the Jets and having no production whatsoever on either side. By the way, that's been the Sportsman right here at 970 97.1 FM WATH. Sponsored by J&K Contracting. For Joey Medora, this is Connor Mills signing off. The next Sportsman comes your way tomorrow right at 6.06 as we'll preview the OHSA playoffs and round two with the Trimble Tomcats hosting Monroe Central and the Nelsonville York Buckeyes on Saturday hosting Sims Valley. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.